Settling in to watch the rain, welcome to Hand of Pod. to episode 221 of Hand of Thought. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by English Dan. Hello and welcome. And Argentine Andres. Hello and welcome too. Welcome to both of you. Um, I have toyed with the idea of deciding to sponsor the podcast myself, by the way, since I don't get any money for the you know, production and presenting work and everything. So uh, from, from now until we actually find a proper sponsor, I'm going to say that Hand of Thought is now sponsored by the Buenos Aires Pub Quiz. Uh, Argentina's finest English language uh, trivia competition which takes place on the second Monday of every month in the microcentro of Buenos Aires you can get details of that by contacting me via the Hand of Pod contact form if you are in or are going to be in Buenos Aires at any point and would like to join in so it's not so much a sponsor it's just uh, a barefaced plug yeah, yeah well why not it would be fantastic for you to, to be sponsored by an umbrella company because uh, it's rain here when we have to... Especially at the weekend. Kind of record these every things. single weekend. More yeah, classical than record. Also, every, every recording we've had for the last month or so. <laughs> I mean, it's not too bad at the moment, but um, not particularly pleasant. At least it's warm, though. It's anyway. for all of you think that in Argentina it's all sunshine and mate outside in the park. No, sometimes it rains. More, more precipitation in millimetres per year. In, uh, in Buenos Aires than in Manchester it's about three times as much it's just that in Manchester it rains a little bit every day and in take Buenos that, Aires man. take that Manchester <laughs> beautiful for months and it pisses down um, anyway let's go over the results from last weekend in the league they were as follows Colón de Santa Fe 2 Patronato de Paraná 2 Godoy Cruz 0 San Lorenzo 1 Huracán 4 yeah, Pardon? I heard Godoy Cruz 1, San Lorenzo 0, sorry. No, Godoy Cruz 0, San Lorenzo 1, just to clarify for Andres there. Uh, Huracán 4, San Martín de San Juan 3, Defensa Justicia 2, Tempele 1, River Plate 2, San Miento 2, Independiente 0, Olimpo de Bahia Blanca 0, Banfield 0, Lanús 2 in the Clásico, Argentinos Juniors 0, Newell's Old Boys 0, Aldo City 2, Racing 1, Rosario Central 2, Venice Sarsfield 3. Rosario Central's first home defeat in any competition under Eduardo Codet. The first match that they... Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's the first home game they've lost since. They lost to Racing in the penultimate round of the 2014 Torneo de Transición. 3-0 with a goal from Diego Melito, the game that put us on the way to the, to the title. Indeed. I remember it well. And uh, the first Vélez goal in that match was the 90,000th goal in the professional era of the Primera División. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, onwards and upwards. Belgrano de Córdoba 3, Gimnasia y Grima La Plata 0, Tigre 2, Boca Juniors 0, Quilmes 1, Arsenal de Sarandí 4, Atlético de Rafaela 1, Unión de Santa Fe 1, and Estudiantes de La Plata 3, Atlético Tucumán 2. What were your highlights of the weekend, gents? Well, I think Arsenal becoming the, the only uh, second second uh, t- 
team in the in the zone so one. It's uh, they one are point on before. their own. Yeah, they're uh, yes. two points behind Godoy. Sorry, one point behind Godoy Cruz and one point ahead of Central and San Lorenzo. Yes, I think that's clearly highlight because it's a surprise for at least for me, big surprise mm-hmm. for Arsenal being being the, almost on the top there with the. Yeah, I must admit, I don't think I've seen a single Arsenal game this year and yes. I just sort of assumed they were down 14th, 15th, like I, always. Me neither, and, but I, I watched uh, uh, when the match ended and not even, even uh, haven't watched at that moment, but after that, a, a video of uh, Fernando Pellegrino, the Kilmes, the Arsenal goalkeeper, mm-hmm. uh, uh, having his hat off to the Kilmes players because he... They, 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 they don't uh, collect their wishes until mm-hmm. November. It's mm-hmm. four months or five months yeah. since they don't uh, get their, their, their wishes. Until or since? And, uh, from, from November. Ah, since November they haven't been paid. And criticizing, big criticize to the, to the government and to the uh, authorities of the mm-hmm. Fútbol para Todos. And because yeah, they, they must go. Uh, that they are, they say that they want to sell, save the the, the the clubs and the and the, yeah. and what? Uh, I think that is good for a player. We, we are we are so used to the cassette of the, uh, the to the phrases they they say all the time. With yes, it was a hard match and that and, and this is something something different. Yeah, something a bit human. That's nice. Yes, and different. That as the fact that Arsenal is is second in the in the table. Indeed. Um, they started off a little inconsistently with uh, two wins, a draw and two defeats from their first five matches. And since then, in their second five matches, as it were, uh, they've recorded four wins and one defeat. And the defeat was by a single goal at home to Gimnasia. So, uh, yeah, they've picked up their form fantastically and are fighting, it must be said, against what's going to be a pretty difficult relegation situation for them next season. Um, we will get back into that a little later because we've had a question related to um, I've said, 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 i uh, Possibly, yeah. but uh, we'll see. Um, we'll we'll see precisely how well they do further down the line. Um, so that was one of Andres' highlights. Done. Do no, the highlight for me was was Lanús, who came for in a, a very entertaining. It was you know a bit on and off a typical derby. A lot of um, lovely crunching tackles, a couple of sendings off. It's always fun to see Santiago Silva getting sent off. And Claudio um, Perez as well. And, and Chiqui Perez, yeah. And you weren't a bit annoyed with Jose San this time for scoring yet another goal for Lanús? I've sort of come to terms with San. I even said nice things about him in my column for the Herald on Monday, which was a very uh, complimentary column about Lanús because you know, they've just been far and away the, the best team in, in Argentina this year. And I was very impressed with Malchi as well. Malchi moves around very well. I know he's not. He's often been a hander pod laughing stock, but and it's really come through like that front three with him and um, and the almost Argentina international Lautaro Acosta is is pretty formidable. <laughs> and another highlight is Juanchope 
who is talking to yeah, you. Yeah, Chope as well. Definitely uh, Ramon Avila, who is his real name, not Juan Chope, because mm. some some people may think he he's called like the Costa, R Costa Rican <laughs> player, like some says he's not like him. Uh, but he's clearly talking to, to Sam. I, I thought he had a hat trick, but it turns out he only scored two for Oracle. Because we expect to score a hat trick every game. In a 4 3 went over Sam Martin, which was quite a silly match. Um, and one that I caught the second half of, missed the first half. I think um, at half time it was 2 2. And then Fritzler scored a header there, the, I think it was the, the, the draw for, for Rakan. And he said that the, he wants Lanus to lose. Uh, well, he Lanus didn't lose; they win, they won. Uh, but he, the former team of Fritzler were uh, Lanus, yeah. yes, yeah, he did well in Lanus as well. Mm. But would have kind of been great fun to watch. I'd say well last year, to be fair. They're yeah. just a very, very entertaining team to watch because you never know what's going to happen. And what they've managed this time is, uh, we made the point quite a lot last last year that they were wildly inconsistent. Whereas yeah. this year they've really found a hell of a lot of consistency. Um, they are. In the league, at least in the, in the Copa, they've been oh, a little sure, bit more up. In, in the Copa, they, they've had slightly more. Uh, there must have been a lot so. of games that they started losing, or, or, or at least uh, they were matches that were surely twenty uh, as in, in, in a draw and finally got the, the, the winning goal. Uh, it's fantastic. It's really, really surprising too. The thing right. is with Huracan as well is they've sort of sneaked up on us because obviously they had what, three games postponed earlier in the season yeah. because of the, the Venezuela bus crash. And so they've just been picking up points on odd Wednesdays, odd Tuesdays when no one even even notices they're playing and suddenly they're, they're second in the table. Like, what? What's they going on here? Ah, they are third. Third, yeah, behind uh, Estudiantes and Lanús. Um, but as you say, Doing good work and playing Very entertaining work. football as well. They're enterprising. Yeah, even their nil-nil on Tuesday, I think it was against Peñarol, was was pretty entertaining. Mm. I have no idea that they didn't come away with a win, but I don't remember if it was uh, this match against San Martín or, or the previous one in which uh, Ezequiel Minajes came into the match. I don't remember uh, to who replaced uh, who was the, the player he replaced. And scored uh, the header uh, at the very first ball he touched. Okay. Uh, that would have been. Hang on a second. Trying to find the tag. It must have been the previous game um, yeah. that they didn't win because he didn't score in this uh, most recent one. Um, but yeah, by and large, they're okay. How are they? I guess we should try and tie these in with the Libertadores as well, should yeah, we? Since you mentioned it, done. Um, Huracan in their Libertadores group as we say found things a little bit harder going but win uh, a win away to Peñarol and a win at home to Sporting Cristal along with defeats in their other games and then this draw at home to Peñarol um, that we mentioned mean essentially that they've, they've sort of may or may not qualify still but they're, they're still positioned to do so for the yeah, moment yeah um, for the moment they are doing they're three points ahead of Sporting Cristal but they play Sporting Cristal don't they on the last no, Nacional they play of course Nacional they're Atlético Nacional which is, which is why yeah. it's up in the air because they're almost certainly going to lose that one so it I could depend Cristal have got on, um, Peñarol at home. they have yeah um, but they need to lose quite spectacularly and I mean they've got five well, it's goals it's a five goal swing so yeah. if they can lose by Two goals to Atletico Nacional and Cristal beat Peñarol by three. 
Yeah, but they. Are you talking about Cristal, a team that have scored three in the. How many you got? Six in the whole competition. Yeah, sure, but they haven't played plenty of rounds. But it's tricky. It's, it's a tricky true. match because it's, of, of course, hard. Atletico Nacional is, for me, the best team in the Copa so far. In South America, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and they, with the draw, they, they should cross qualify with no, no, de- not depending on other res- results. But they have to get that draw. Yeah. It's just the kind of match that Huracan could go and get a draw in or even win because yes. no one's you know no one's expecting it. No, Perhaps in Nacional will be a bit uh, a bit more relaxed. They're almost certainly assured, well, they're already assured of top spot yeah, qualifying, but are, yeah. as well qualifying as one of the, the top teams. I think that the only other team who can catch Atletico Nacional, if Atletico Nacional lose, oh, there are two in fact, they're both the Mexican teams, Pumas and Toluca. So uh, Peter's pre-season prediction of Mexican sides not doing as well as uh, one of the Mexican sides last year in the Libertadores is going swimmingly again. Hope you're listening, Peter. Well done. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, at the moment, Atletico Mineiro. Ah, but this is their last group game because uh, we're yeah. recording during Libertadores matches that don't involve any Argentine teams. But Atletico Mineiro are currently three 0 up against Melgar after sixteen three, minutes. Yeah. Um, so if goal difference were a thing, then uh, they would have a chance of snatching first place as well. But they're five no. points behind Atletico yeah. Nacional anyway, so they haven't. Um, anyway, back to the league. Uh, the other sort of big talking point of the weekend as we say is Vélez Sarsfield's win over Rosario Central away from home which came with two goals in the last three and a bit minutes from Diego Zavala who is a young kid um, Uruguayan Uruguayan thank you yeah, I was trying to remember whether he was Uruguayan or Paraguayan um, who is apparently currently without a home and is having to sleep in Vélez Sarsfield's uh, well I mean yeah exactly yeah, yeah. In, in the beach sort of, Olympic yeah. The, the place that they have specifically set up for, for youth team kids mm. to, to sleep in if they're from the uh, provinces or, or whatever and they come but to it's not that, that, the, that kid it's not that unusual 23-24 years old mm. uh, he played for Liverpool I think mm. uh, or now Racing 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 de Monterrey in Uruguay yeah. we should mention he's yeah, yes, of course. Liverpool. <laughs> um, just in case anybody gets excited because we know that Liverpool fans can be a bit excitable <laughs> love you <laughs> You just make sure they get excited now. Um, but yeah, that was a fantastic late comeback from them. Chacho Colnet was not very pleased at all. He was no, kicking water imagine. bottles and having to be led off the pitch afterwards and all the rest of it. Um, but Central, what's happened to them? Because they seem to have lost their way slightly. They were going through people like a machine during last year and then the early bit of this year. And we were saying, oh, they're clear favourites for the title. And in recent weeks, they just seem to have sort of ebbed a bit. They've lost some of their intensity. I think it's just the double competition, isn't it? Playing in the Libertadores, playing it at home, it's hard to, hmm. very hard to keep it up. You look at all the clubs who are involved in the Libertadores. Yeah. Uh, Racing of Ebden's, Ebden peaked, Ebden turfed, Ebden flowed, Ebden flowed. That's the one. It's, I think it's an example of how uh, River as well, you know, put in a great performance yes. against the strongest last week, which I imagine you didn't cover. The six 0 No, we did not. And then, and then when you know got held at home to to Sarmiento Racing, had a week to forget Boca. Well, awful, awful on the weekend and pretty good last night. So. I, I think the case of Central is clearly an example of how a, a, a couple of, of bad results or, or not good results make you some doubt, doubt yeah. of, of the plan you had, which was. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if it was the best team in the league or, or was consistent. It was good to see. It was a, 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 
a, a complete team in terms of the players they, they, they had. And now it looks like, well, 3-3 three, three against uh, uh, Nacional, now against Palmeiras. Now uh, the, this defeat at the last minute against Vélez. And, and there is a lot of, uh, appear to be a lot of doubts when it were a couple of, 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 of results, which of course may bring some doubts because yeah. it's clear yeah. not winning t matches where uh, you had uh, you had to win or you were in control of those matches yes of course will bring some, some lack of confidence mm. and it's happened more or less as they've sort of sighted the light at the end of the tunnel of the Libertadores group stage as well because <coughs> in the first couple of weeks of the Libertadores Central were making no secret whatsoever that they were prioritising the league rather than prioritising the Copa because they've not won the league in, is it 35 years, 37 years, or something like that? Um, yes, and, and, and they want that. They know that they've got a much better chance of winning that than, than they have of winning the Libertadores. Um, and then it seems like as they sort of have been going through the group and thinking, oh, we could do this, that's what's made them seize up a little. They're going to be playing, um, slightly annoyingly, uh, they're going to be playing their final uh, Copa Libertadores group game um, just after we finish recording. In uh, the kickoff in just under two hours. So keep listening after the theme tune, and as usual, I will give you the final score of that. They are, um, is it away to Nacional or at home? They're yes, away, they're away, away, yes. away. They're away to Nacional of Uruguay. Um, Nacional have already qualified. Central will qualify with a point. Um, so a draw is sort of to be expected. You could put your house um, on a nil nil. But of course, if Central decide that they want to try and go for the group winner spot, which don't forget is uh, the, the seeding for the knockout stages is all decided on who finishes where and uh, yeah. which group winner is, is uh, playing against which group runner up and so on. Uh, so it, it's not like this isn't something that just isn't going to happen. If they do decide they want to try and beat Nacional, then that game could end up opening up. And if they lose it and Palmeiras win against Riva Plate of Uruguay by enough, Central could still go out. Um, it's unlikely, but we'll see. Um, so that, that's Central, who have got, let's see, in the league at least, started off with four wins and two draws, and in the four games since that have got two defeats, a win and a draw. Um, so as I say, they've, they've slipped off a little bit. Um, big five. We've got to get there eventually, haven't we? So big five at the weekend. Uh, River Plate... Looked very good in the first half against Sarmiento and then rather fell off after that. They were 2-0 up uh, after 24 minutes, conceded one very shortly after that to go to 2-1 from Alexis Nice. And then sort of it was more of the same. It was quite similar to the, the away game against the strongest, actually, where they seemed to, more than being affected by the altitude in La Paz, obviously there's no altitude in Buenos Aires, um, but more than being affected by the altitude in La Paz, they, they were just sort of falling back and falling back and falling back and kept making stupid defensive errors until eventually the home team got an equaliser. And here, at home to Sarmiento, a similar thing happened. They kept on making silly errors until they gave away a penalty for Diego Chavez to score deep into stoppage time and make it 2-2. Um, Andres? Uh, I recall that match you mentioned against the strongest in La Paz as the best uh, match for River even better match that there than playing here in Buenos Aires uh, uh, because they were like obliged to touch touch the ball uh, shortly not to make that effort effort running and because of the attitude and that uh, and they they knew how to do that uh, even though they they got the considered the, the 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 draw just in the last minute with Chumacero uh, shooting in the, in the small box um, Yes, it's, it's like repeatedly 
the same thing that happens to River, and repeatedly Gallardo is insisting on this of the lack of intensity mm. or the I think it's lack of a bit of everything of concentration of not knowing how to uh, to keep the the difference when they got got it and uh, they start like uh, yes like if it's like if the GPS wasn't working there yeah. because uh, until the last match. Uh, last uh, last year when uh, River won the Copa Libertadores and all the titles they they, they won internationally, uh, it's like by that point they knew how to uh, beat the, 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 the it's like they entered the matches saying to the opponents look you will you will lose this match uh, and now it's uh, it's like they are going and seeing what happens not uh, attacking the match. Mm. Uh, it's it's difficult to to explain it clearly because it's uh, there are, there are certain things that only Ashardo and the players know. Ashardo is is uh, sending messages at this the last three matches I think uh, saying, well we will see from now to 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 the to, until June which players are 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 going to to keep using this T-shirt. Uh, not not of course there are some players like uh, Lucy like uh, Bertolo, like Piti Martinez, like Casco, uh, like Machado that are, are being tested right now and they don't know whether they will continue or not until uh, from June until the, well, from the second semester of the, of the year. Mm. Um, I think Casco will keep, will be there because Mangioni will know that he's, leaving, he's going to, to play for, uh, for Milan and the, the mistake there is to have only Casco to replace. Yeah, it's just having Casco in the first place, right? Yes, I don't say that. For <laughs> example, Boca, ha, perhaps they have a lot of money and River doesn't. Uh, they have, for example, Jonathan Silva and, and Frank Fabra there as the as fixed uh, 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 left left back players. River has only Banjoni until June and then Casco. Uh, it's a problem in several positions that, and and, and I think Gallardo is with the problem there because as I said last episode he's not calling uh, almost no players from the from the young divisions only Carreras the right back that played against Sarmiento and Ezequiel Palacios a midfielder but no 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 you don't see any movement there uh, mm. do you think in the second half of the season when we are going to be playing any international tournaments and obviously it's going to be the first half of it second half of the year you mean Second half of the year. We, we hope River is still going to be involved the second half of this season. No, I meant second half it's of the year. It's a very short season. I was getting confused. Season, yeah, yeah. It's sort of, it's sort of the season. Kind of. People yeah. are referring to it as a season. Yeah. And, so they, and they are, the season started. They but added, they added to, the, to the very bad def- defending and, and, and to start with, of course. It's, if you defend the, uh, not in a, the best way, possible way, that means that the midfield and the and the attack is isn't working too because if you have to defend a lot means that you don't, are not keeping the ball in yeah. the midfield and in in the attack and and they are adding to that a lot of injuries and repeated sent sent uh, red, red cards now with Mancini last night and Poncio mm-hmm. in the uh, uh, previous game also Copa Libertadores uh, the, uh, against Strongest in La Paz last night to clarify and then I'll go back to what you were about to say Don um, River lost 2-1 away to San Paolo 
Um, that one goal, which came quite late on from Ivan Alonsov, could be crucial um, goal difference-wise because it means uh, the defeat, first of all, means that River and San Paolo are now tied on eight points each. River's goal difference is three better than San Paolo's. The strongest are one point behind River and, indeed, San Paolo. And Trujillanos are on four points. So Trujillanos are out. They can't reach either of the top two in the group. Um, but it's going to be two from the other three and it is, it's going to be incredibly unlikely, but it is still possible for River to go out. Um, the final group matches are the strongest at home to San Paolo and River at home to Trujillanos. If River were to lose by five goals at home to Trujillanos, and a quick reminder here that River beat Trujillanos 4-0 in Venezuela at the start of the uh, weekend, uh, the, the group stage, sorry, on the weekend, um, and also that Trujillanos are just terrible. Um, if that were to happen and the strongest were to beat San Paolo by one goal, River would go out on goal difference. Uh, because Why? Because San Paolo would have a better goal difference than River at the and... same point. And the strongest obviously would have more points than River. Any other combination of results, basically, um, means that, that River go through. Unless, I think there's a way that it can happen as well. Yeah, um, if San Paolo and the strongest draw and Trujillanos beat River by 15 goals... Ah, yes, that can happen. Um, well, definitely. I don't want to be pessimistic, but uh, the most probable thing is. <laughs> you lose 15 nil last year, last year, we were already deserved to go out. And, and we got the qualification. Of course. Yeah, this is considerably less likely, though, I would say. I mean, if, if Trujillanos actually do beat River by any score, um, they deserve to go out. I think that the one The way River is playing is. Down. Well, no, of course, it's not, they won't, they're, they're not going to lose three goals difference with, against Trujillanos. <laughs> Uh, who anyway beat uh, the strongest, which also makes the strongest be worse team because they lost against Trujillanos. It's but then they beat San Pablo in yeah. San Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Libertadores. You never know what's yes. going to happen. Dan, what were you saying a minute ago about River? I was just going to ask Andre before you you pulled me up on my. Yes, I don't know if it was a a mistake or just a misunderstanding. Yeah, it was a mistake that with. River not playing international football in the second half of the year and you know it's only going to be the first half of the season the new season because it goes so long do mm-hmm. you think that's going to be the time Gachardo or whoever's in charge of, of River is, is going to take the opportunity to blood some new youngsters or are they it's something I, I, I'm expecting since a long time uh, because there are some players who are in the in the of course the first uh, division but not a uh, as normal starting yeah, yeah. 11 like for example Bertolo mm-hmm. Piti Martinez are the repeated names because are the ones that are, are uh, usually in the in the substitutions bench like the, like him like Alonso who is ga- I think he's gaining points in order to get of course he won't be the there uh, starting in the matches because he's Alario there and he still has a lot of credit well in the second half of the year Alario might not be there anymore yes Yes, it was very, very poor, and well, Alonso came to from the bench. And, and oh no, I, I meant that he is probably going to be off to Europe. But oh yes, of course, Liverpool has a a, a big offer there. Yeah. Liverpool from England, not from Uruguay. Yes, thank you for the yes. clarification. I've heard that the Liverpool link is complete crap from really? someone inside Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry to bless you, bubble there. The problem is, I think I that there aren't too much. If if Lachelle is is smart, I think because he knows. Uh, how, how to build a team and and if he's not calling players is 
because he may think that he, there aren't any uh, players to be uh, that they deserve to be there in the, in the, with the, the other players in the first division. And there are reserves players. There was Nahuel Gallardo that did, made his debut in the, uh, as a left back. Uh, I, 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 I called left backs and he made his debut against Panfield in the reserves team. Uh, but he may think there aren't any, any, any players except for this single, like uh, Carreras, uh, Palacios, uh, Franco Lopez, who had uh, some, a pair of matches last year, but then he came back to the reserves. Uh, Casquete, Abel Casquete, uh, mm -hmm. a creative midfielder right, from right. the reserves from Ecuador, that had some injuries, similar case to Valanta, Alvarez Valanta, and there are same ca cases or, or, or circumstances that make those players not to be uh, in consideration of Gallardo. Uh, but I would like to, to have uh, in this the last matches of the of this of this tournament mm. as as River is out of the of the fight for the title to have more presence of, of kids. We will see. We shall see. I mean, it's gonna be a less uh, obviously a less high pressure atmosphere in which to, to blood yeah. them and yeah, possibly worth giving them the season as well because in all probability um, well, no, okay, that's probably not very mathematically correct, is it? In the vast majority of probabilities, um, River aren't going to have any continental competition in the first half of next year either, because the only way they're going to get into the Libertadores this year is by qualifying via the league, which doesn't look like it's going to happen, or by winning the Libertadores. I suppose they could. No, because they're definitely not going to be in the Sudamericana, are they? So they can't qualify via the Sudamericana, you're right, yeah, they can qualify via the Copa Argentina still. Um, so it's highly unlikely, let's say. It doesn't look like it's going to happen at this stage. Um, that's River. Let's cover the rest of the big five. Racing. Take what rubbish at the weekend. No, let's not talk about Racing this week. No, they, they were very good in the first half. It was, I mean, if you've watched any of Racing this year, you know that they've been scoring goals for fun and it looked like it was going to be exactly the same. And I was in El Cilindro the other week for my first game of the season, if you can believe it, mm. in eight, already in April. Uh, to watch a free draw against Tigre, which was probably the most insane game of football I've ever watched. And I know Rob Brown was there and he, he mentioned to me that it was just mental. I think Racing had something like, in the in the whole game there were 40 shots between both teams, which is one almost every two minutes. Wow. Um, and Racing, I think, had something like 17 chances on goal and he managed to put, only managed to put three away. Must have let free. So that's kind of how Racing have been playing, just absolute Neihard's uh, barred attacking football. Um, at the so weekend against Aldo Sevilla, it looked like it was going to be the same. Rojo Martinez. Sorry to interrupt, I'm quite impressed by the fact that Racing have scored 23 goals in 10 league matches but only have a goal difference of plus one. It's, yeah, it's not easy. It's not bad, isn't it? It's not easy to do. And it looked like it was going to be the same at the weekend. Rojo Martinez put one away against his old club and, and fulfilled the La Lede Licks mm. and Racing could have had a couple more it was a, a Racing reserve team a lot of players were, were rested but they just let it slip and even Sebastian Saja I think six minutes from time set up blazed um, a penalty uh, into orbit right. after already we, we should mention We'd already had two penalty scoring goalkeepers earlier in the weekend because Javier Toledo scored San Martín de San Juan's third away to Huracan and um, 
Sebastian Bertoli, Patronato goalkeeper, or Santiago or something, Bertoli, anyway, his surname's Bertoli, anyway. Uh, and he scored Patronato's late equaliser away to Colón. Um, we should also so, yeah, could, have, could have been three penalties from goalkeepers in one weekend, which might be, might have been, sorry, historic. I'm not sure. A record, yeah. And he's also a concejal. Uh, it's a political charge in Paraná. <laughs> something strange. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Bertoli, not Saha, we presume. Bertoli, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Saha, I think so. <laughs> And yeah, just after that penalty, Alessio went out the other end and, and scored the win. It was again a pretty shoddy defensive performance from Racing, mm. as you can imagine from those numbers. But then they were at least the second highest scoring team in the Americas behind Atlético Nacional. Wow. And then, yeah, to, yesterday, uh, it was a combination of things. They went 1 0 down to Boca, while I was talking about the Libertadores doing everything kind of but combined. You said, well, it was a reserves team. But I, I, I wonder something about the reserves players or substitute, the, the ones who are in the substitution bench mm. and look that they, they will continue that way. At this river and Racing looks like it, the same, the same case. Uh, there is a, a, a phrase that some coaches say that mm. the players get into the pitch or get, or get out of it, they, they, they do it alone. I don't put them. It's about their performances that they they right. go into the, the matches or, or they get out of, it, of them. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't put everything to be considered as... as, as well, you know... No, now, no I now, completely agree. Now you are, you, are, you are a substitute, but you know, tomorrow you can be there in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, uh, I, I say River, well, the, same, the, the names I, 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 I said uh, a lot of times uh, are clear. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who are the players that look like... They are not. Uh, they they look look like they if they weren't going to, to have any more chances. They know that, and, and so that they don't put all the effort in order to to yeah. get better better performances. Yeah, I think the paradox in Racing is at the, at the moment that you have five or six attackers who are all playing out of their skins. Melitos um, in his best form probably since he first came to Racing. Lisandro Lopez is been fantastic in, in every way. Uh, Romero, the, the Paraguay number 10, has just been a, a joy to watch. Bo, Bo hasn't been his usual Bo self, but he's still well. De Paul is, is injured. De Paul, I don't know what's happened to De Paul. He's shown fits and starts, but he's well off what, what he was. Uh, the real revelation of the season has been uh, Martinez, the Colombian, who also put Colombia into the Olympics with mm. two goals he's been fantastic but from midfield backwards uh, Racing have been very poor very very poor obviously losing Lolo is a massive Lolo. point but you've got someone like Sergio Vitor who was very good in Manfield and in Racing he just looks terrible just absolutely lost I saw Sergio Vitor when he was playing for Argentinos Juniors on many occasions and I'm not at all surprised to be honest but uh there we are. We will get into, in a couple of minutes, why Racing were playing away to Aldo Civi with substitutes. Um, but first of all, before we do that, it, to make it nice and neat and tidy, it makes sense, I think, to talk about Tigre against Boca. Um, Tigre got a 2-0 win in Victoria. It was a thoroughly deserved 2-0 win, even though the two goals came a mere two minutes apart. Um, and the second of them was a hilarious own goal from Jonathan Silva who oh, was a be- pelted it into his own net um, so well done Jonathan Silva um, and Boca were playing 
with a kind of mixed lineup as well themselves. Um, they had a couple of players I've not heard of before. Nahuel Molina being one of them. And okay, so one player I hadn't heard of before. Um, and, no, Molina's and decent. Yeah, a few sort of. Oh no, I mean yeah, decent, but he's not first choice. No, he's a kid, but and he started the, the season out right back in Houston. I thought it was called Neto, to be honest. But apparently, he's nowhere according to this website. Anyway, Nahuel Neto. Um, he might be Nestor. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but yeah, a fair few of the starters, Tevez most notably, and, and Fernando Gago on the bench. Um, there's not an awful lot really to say about Boca's performance as such, except that Tigre were just a far better team and that they look more interested in the game. Yeah, it's interesting course, to see how they've picked themselves up since Torrelio's come in. Yeah. yeah. He's, two he's, games he's played. They've played two Grandes, two Libertadores challenges, and they've put five goals away behind yeah, they have. He's, he's, he's tightened them up spectacularly. Um, but of course, the main focus for both Racing and for Boca uh, was last night's Copa Libertadores game, on Wednesday evening, that is, which is why we're recording this week on Thursday, in fact, because it made, pardon me, very little sense to uh, record during that match, um, because it was crucial for both teams. And both teams really went about it as if it was crucial to them didn't they Dan? yeah 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 um, they broke they broke the pact which which Mariano revealed last night in which I'd already talked about with my, with my Racing crew which was going to be a goal a goal in the Bombonera uh, a draw in the Bombonera a draw in a Cilindro two points each and you know well, obviously, Lodeiro didn't get the didn't get the memo and, and no. broke it six scored minutes a, from time. Scored a fine. Um, yeah. Mariano thinks winner. even the referee was playing for a draw because he didn't give he didn't give a penalty to Racing in the first half. He didn't give another penalty to Racing in the first half. We should also clarify this by saying that he didn't send off Videla fifteen seconds into the game for almost breaking Pablo Perez's uh, ankle. But it's Pablo Perez. Oh, sure, but yeah, like, I, I think. Doesn't that count as like a preventative measure? Yeah, standing you right next to him looking right at Pablo Perez's leg so he doesn't break yours. It's self defence. Pablo Perez, astonishingly, by the way, finished last night's match without a yellow card. I remember he tried to get hold of so, Romero at one time and he just didn't get anywhere near him. He's probably the only Boca player that didn't kick Romero last it, night. It begs the question, though if Boca play a match and Pablo Perez plays and doesn't get booked, does the result count? No, because the referee was obviously the tough man. I'm not convinced. I, 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 recall, um, I remember, sorry, I remember, uh, apart from that, a, a, a very uh, ugly tackle to Romero. I don't remember who wants the, the, the it one. It's the whole Boca team, basically. Yes. And, it's and a rally had a few. Uh, and the yeah, referee pointed out the ball, like like it's, if the the player in Sorralde, uh, I think he was, you, you said in Sorralde, uh, pointed out the ball as if he went to kick the ball and yes. he kicked the Romero's leg no. I'll try not to blame referees too much it's a rule I don't even know who was officiating last night uh, it was an Ecuadorian gentleman whose name uh, I forgot I, explain um, I think he was Ecuadorian I've forgotten yes. his, I, I know I've forgotten his name that, that was definitely yes. true yeah. um, not the same guys in the 2002 World Cup the win- mm, that's a good question <laughs> can't think, I'm Google wasn't right he in now. jail the win oh yes of course he is yeah for smuggling cup games it must have been his, his son or son but I'm not one to criticise referees if, if the referee no, in question is dreadful if the referee in question is listening please don't get your lawyers to get in touch with us um, the He's win already in jail astonishingly <laughs> given um, where I was talking about last night's referee 
Um, it's the same place. Astonishingly, given, given what we were talking about with Boca just a couple of weeks ago, that win put Boca top of Group 3, ensured them qualification, although nobody in either the broadcasting team for Fox Sports or Boca Juniors playing or technical staff appeared to realise that it assured them of qualification for the last I 16. think Guillermo knew and Orion didn't and, and yeah. that's why Guillermo like mocked Ah, that was the okay, because the, the people interviewing them certainly didn't seem to yes. notice at all um, It assures that Boca qualified for the last 16, it means that Boca have got 9 points and Racing have got 8, both for 5 matches, Bolivar have 4 and Deportivo Cali have 2 um, They play each other this evening if Bolívar win that match, which given that Deportivo Cali are absolutely dreadful, is not, I don't so think, a question. Although Bolívar Bolivar aren't that good either, it has to no, be said. No, they're dreadful. Um, but uh, if Bolívar scrape a win from that, then it does put them on seven points and means that Racing have got to go to La Paz next week and get a result done. You were quite bullish before I switched the microphone on. You were saying Racing are definitely going to qualify and then go on to win oh, the yeah, cup. Yeah. But how, how confident are you really? 92% mainly because I think Bolivar are going to get a result tonight okay but just looking at that table the most impressive thing for me is that Boca have managed to harvest 9 points and from 5 goals and they haven't lost in spite of how poorly they started they, they drew their first 3 matches and their the 2 wins have been in the last 2 games yeah. um, 9 points from 5 goals it's yeah. very impressive Racing has scored Racing. twice as many but have only got yeah, 8, eight points, points from 10 goals and indeed, Bolivar have scored eight goals and have only got four points. Um, and Deportivo Cali have scored one goal fewer than Boca, but have conceded nine more. So That doesn't help. It's clear what their problem is. Um, I think it just goes to show that Guillermo and Boca are a match made in heaven. That kind of very tight defence and just not getting any, giving anything away, scoring a goal. In favour of Guillermo, what we can, we can say is that he that it, it was... Uh, uh, shown how he uh, shout to the players because of the shit center uh, shit crosses the, mm. the players made and last night was a proof of the players understanding that uh, that uh, insults because uh, uh, I think it was Pavon the one who uh, Pavon was who, very impressive it begs the question will Daniel Valo yes. ever play for Boca again because on form at least Pavon have been Last night he was ever, ever since he scored against against you guys against River in the Super Clásico. Did Pavón score that goal? I thought that was Lodero. Pavón scored one. The first no, no. Super Clásico of the year. Yes. Last night you, you mean? No, in the Super Clásico of the first Super Clásico of well, 2015. Of oh, 2015. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about this year. And he looked great there. Yeah, Lodero was the second of... one. The first one was yeah. was Pavón. Yes. And then he sort of disappeared, he didn't get in, but he's just a great player. Like, I, can't, I can't imagine why he hasn't had more games. And yes, last night, last night instead of, of making a, a, a shit cross, he put the ball f- uh, from the floor to the, uh, just, uh, to the floor and, and there was the data to, to mm. push, the, push it into the net. So, mm. yeah. Poor Danny. Um, as I already said about Central, I will be back to read out their scoreline after that match finishes, after the theme tune at the end of this podcast. I will do the same with Bolivar against Deportivo Cali so that we know, or rather you listeners know exactly um, what the situation is for Racing and Boca. Well, most importantly, sorry, for Racing, because of course Boca are already through. Um, so could could be looking potentially at 
five out of the six. We could very well be looking at that. We're, we're not going to be looking at six because San Lorenzo are out. Um, Gremio beat Liga de Quito in Quito last night, 3-2, and that result means that San Lorenzo are eliminated from Group 6. Toluca have 13 points and Gremio have 8 points, and San Lorenzo and Liga de Quito both have 3 points with one game to go. Um, so the winners just two years ago um, have been eliminated from this year's Copa Libertadores already. Um, so there's nothing very much to report there. And sorry to Mariano if he's listening. Um, going around now and back to the league and with the rest of the big five, let's talk about San Lorenzo. Because they've started to improve a little bit in the league at least, if not in the Copa. Mm. Have they not? Or am I just making that up? They beat Godoy Cruz, which is Results, an right? impressive yeah. result. Um, and then, yeah, that's right. And it came off uh, the 3-2 win over Belgrano on the previous week at home um, to cut short a win, a run of four straight league games without victory. Um, they've got Central and Huracan <coughs> coming up in their next two matches, though. And of course, the Huracan match is the Clásico. That's, that's not the kindest of um, run-ins for them, is it? It's not, no. The problem with San Lorenzo is, is they're trying to play kind of this game that Guillem learned under San Paoli, a big pressing, mm. always moving the ball around. With Ortigosa and Mercieras, you sent them a field partnership. They've been fantastic servants to San Lorenzo over the years, but... They're not the most mobile of people, I think. No. That's fair to say. So it's not quite coming off. Um, they seem to look better, San Lorenzo, when they sort of chuck away that that kind of that manual and, and just play what they know, pumping balls into the box, keeping it tight at the back, uh, using Calderucho, who's fairly limited centre forward, but he does get goals. Matos is is of the same ilk. Mm. And there, I think they can pick up points. Obviously, it didn't work last, not last night, on Tuesday night, where they threw away a, a decent position, and not much more you can say about it. They were really timid, and, and they paid the price. Yeah, they lost two uh, one away to Toluca yeah. on Tuesday night, and yeah, as Dan says, they were winning. They were still one nil up in about the 80th minute, weren't they? Toluca got two very late. Yeah. Not exactly against the run of play. Toluca were dominant No, but there really, wasn't but particular danger. They were struggling to actually create anything clear and then two chances and two goals for, um, I've forgotten his first name, but his surname's Uribe, Uribe. Yeah. Um, to, to send the Mexicans top of the league, top of the group, sorry. Um, but now San Lorenzo uh, will, of course, uh, have to give importance to the, to the, to the yeah. league in which they are one point behind the Arsenal and being... If they finish second place, they will get a ticket to the next Copa Libertadores. Yeah. Now they are eliminated, so of course they, they will have to to fight there. And finally, to round up the big five and then go into the other games uh, very quickly, Independiente Olimpo was a nil-nil draw, and it was a terrible match. It was awful. There's Dreadful. nothing really to say Dreadful. about. So nah, that's not in any Copa no. or anything. So Olimpo was closer than Independiente to get the, 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 the victory, I think, even. Yeah, maybe, but I mean... Not a lot, but... If we spent too much time talking about that match, we'd be wasting our time, because it was terrible compared yeah. to some of the others. Um, other really good games from the weekend. I completely missed Arsenal's thrashing of Kilmes, but we have already touched upon it. Yeah. Uh, Estudiantes against Atletico Tucumán. I only saw the goals from that a few hours ago, but that looked like good fun. Did either of you catch it? I did not. No, no, no. but the, the, there was a big polemic with the penalty. 
Yeah. Oh, what was what was controversial about the penalty? Well, there was a penalty. one with a 94th minute penalty from John. Yes. Schultz. First of all, uh, it was of course as everything here, the penalty, the awarding awarding the penalty from Spinoza to Estudiantes mm-hmm. uh, was polemic because uh, for, for Lucchetti, with the Atletico Tucumán goalkeeper, wasn't the penalty, and it wasn't clear. But well, it wasn't clear that it wasn't the penalty. So well, it's okay if, if if it was awarded. But the problem is was was that uh, in the first uh, first instance, um, Lucchetti uh, saved the penalty from Schunke, the, the, the one who shot the penalty, but the the, the, the referee made uh, made him shoot him shoot it again. Oh, okay. Because well, Lucchetti was a bit ahead of the line. Okay. And after then there was go. Uh, he he made the, the penalty. He converted the penalty. Scored it. And uh, after that, the, the 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 match ended. So that's why lo- there was a lot of discussions and and uh, the the president of Atletico Tucumán saying that they were robbed from for the referee applying the rules. Controversial, indeed. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say about the weekend's league games is that uh, I picked out Defensa Justicia versus Tempele before the weekend and said this could very well be a better match than the press are going to build it up to be. In a way, that's a very safe bet because the press completely ignore this game because it's defensively was this year versus Tempoli. Um But three goals in nine minutes early on in the second half ended up deciding it, making it 2 1 to Defensa y Justicia, who, as a result of that 2 1 victory, have got. Hang on a second while I wait for the page to load. Um, have managed to cut short a run of three consecutive defeats and sort of hopefully, fingers crossed, because I think they're all. You know, gunning for them as neutrals anyway, um, can can start to climb back up that table now in the matches to come. Um, now we're going to take a break and we are going to refill our glasses and when we come back we will answer some listeners' questions and we will also have a bit of a discussion about the Argentine Olympic team or rather the group they've been drawn into, which we can't say very much about, but um, we'll say what we can say about it and uh, you know do some other stuff as well. So don't go away. This week we always have various questions. Yes, I think maybe we have one recording once. Bit of a downer to have all the same questions. Um, but yeah, the first one is from Luis Bessone, who asks: Do the panel think that Angelisi would give back the money from the Cadere sale in order to get him back for a year or two and really cash in later? There's quite a few things wrong with that statement. Indeed. First of all, he didn't go to San Paolo from Boca. He went to San Paolo from Deportivo Maldonado. Secondly, he was arguably never Boca's player to sell in the first place anyway. Um, Thirdly, they ended up paying a hell of a lot more for Tevez than they first said. Yeah. Some 10 or $12 million, which I'm guessing the Caleri sort of sale, sort of auction. Fourthly. have gone to, to pay for that. Fourthly, Angelisi probably cashed in quite enough already himself. Uh, I, I suspect Luis is referring to allowing Boca to cash in, but, you know, this is yeah. Argentina. Um 
in a hypothetical world, if he's saying if he had the option, would he? Then yeah, I'm sure they all would. I'm sure Independiente would love to have control of Sergio Aguero's transfer mm-hmm. right now as well, and and so yeah, on. He's... Um, so yes, but at the same time, no, very much no. <laughs> and in that order, there is something with Caleri that he said that he will stay at San Pablo if they advance to the semi-finals of the Copa Libertadores. That does that mean that he has already been sold and. I'm guessing well, it would be it, some sort of he belongs to this investment group and I love taking him on a six month loan. He's currently on loan for six months yeah. to San Paolo from Deportivo Maldonado officially. Um, so when, it, when the loan the ends he will help will have to go back to Deportivo Maldonado. Yeah. Theoretically. Back to Deportivo Maldonado <laughs> in, in very large inverted commas, yeah. yes. Um, but that's that's how the, the transfer is working. At the moment he's on loan. Um, the idea is that he's going to Europe after that. But he's been told, as uh, as you say, that if they go as far as the semi-finals of the Libertadores, which obviously will be played by the time his loan is over because of the Copa America Centenario again, um, then, yeah, he'll be allowed to stay at San Paolo. Uh, Tom Robinson asks, what do the pod think of Tacheres Nazareno Solis? Next big thing to emerge from the B? I don't fucking know, Tom. <laughs> We haven't watched any. It's not uh, it's a full time job yeah. keeping up with the, the Primera. Yeah. Well, you tell us. You in, tell us if he's the next best thing. Even if you haven't watched any Arsenal match, you and yeah. you ask, you're asking about any player, Tashir's player. Mm. Um, Sorry, Tom. Very silly question. Yeah. Which I should clarify that I know. Tom Plus, it's harder to watch Tashir is now because they almost don't put games on. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, there are a few, yeah. few te- players. I mean, to be honest, we all still could because they're frequently on day side. But um, who's got the time? Well, the question in advance is not so bad because Tashers is first in the in the national. Yeah, they're doing very well. Yeah. And they look like they are the serious candidate to to come to the uh, Primera First Division. And as they are, there is only one uh, promotion, but. Uh, uh, yes, they are still there at the national. But it does raise an interesting question because. Uh, possibly what Tom is referring to when he talks about the next big thing to emerge from Lave is the last Cordobes to come from Lave into a big European club would be Paolo Dybala Paolo Dybala obviously had a massive um, apart from being a fantastic player he had a massive advantage in in that season River were in in Lave and we were all paying attention to, mm. to the Nacional and also this, there were only 20 teams in the Primera so it was possible also, to yeah. watch the B Nacional if you were wanted to as a journalist precisely and that was the year I believe that the Nacional B games started being shown on yeah, on free to air TV so sort of all the stars aligned for the Valerie in a way that's not going to happen unless another another big club goes down to the B so yeah, until that happens, we're probably not going to be paying much attention to it. No, indeed. We'll, we'll see what happens when you they see, come. You see, we're honest. We could have just chucked on, you know, looked up his stats, watched a five-minute YouTube click and That's not said, ah, look, we, brilliant. We prefer to call our listeners' questions bloody stupid and uh, explain why instead. Well, I should clarify, though, in case anybody's a first-time listener, that uh, I know Tom and um, I'm sure that he will be laughing at our response rather than taking offence at it. Um, Arch Bell, who we have to be polite to because he's one of my editors at ESPN, uh, and is also a regular listener, so hello, Arch. Asks Argentine football better or worse without Crucero del Norte in the Primera? It's not the same. You could say the quality's gone up, 
Um, I want to clarify that. League's more competitive, but it's lost um, a certain I, I never had a problem with Crucero del Norte. I had the, a problem with the idea of having a Primera that was so generous as to allow a team as bad as them into the Primera. There's a bit of a difference. For whatever reason, this year's Primera is being very, very entertaining. That might be something to do with the structure. It might be something to do with um, the fact there's only one relegation. It could be a variety of things. But uh, I don't think that this current championship arguably being better than the last current championship is necessarily a poor reflection on Crucero del Norte or a positive uh, reflection on the teams who've replaced them. It's just the luck of the draw. Yes, certainly. Andres, any thoughts? Yeah, I think that it's better for the National B uh, to be to to Crucero Norte to be there. The, the prestige of Crucero yes. Norte. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they, they I mentioned I recall uh, some saying that they won their very first match. Uh, they played at National B after after being rele- relegated. Yes, away. Which away match, the, something that they couldn't do at all in the first division. So the back being a big fish, a massive fish in a small pond, and and they happen. <laughs> Maybe a not completely tiny fish in, in a reasonably sized pond. But yes, um, David H. Lee says, What is wrong with Boca? And also, how far can they go in the Copa Libertadores? Sort of a nice more, is it? I, it? It is a little bit, but still, let, let's, be, uh, let, let, let's try that. So, what's wrong with them is that, in many ways, uh, they're missing a number nine. I said yes. before, Daniel Osvaldo keeps getting injured in training, unluckily. Um, they lack a bit of continuity and their new manager hasn't yet had a chance to really get stuck into the team and, and have an extended period training them. Obviously, the international break helped them, but they're still not fully Guillermo Barras and Galotto's team. No. Um, how far can they go in the Copa Libertadores? Last night, after their win against Racing, I saw a couple of journalists um, saying that they thought that Boca were now candidates for the Copa. They're yeah, going to be very that, hard to that's beat. That's not true, is it? They're going to be very hard to beat. Of course they are. Um, but... Sometimes that's enough. Look at San Lorenzo. I I, I don't see them. Of course, they can advance. They are. In fact, they have advanced to the round of sixteen. But I don't think they can. They they can afford a final or 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 these instances as well. Watching Atletico Nacional or some some teams like Atletico Mineiro, for example. Well, they if. Of course, they they score three goals with Melgar, which is not a parameter mm. to to see to say that they are a great team. That second half is now underway, by the way, and it is still three 0 I switched over to it when it was three when they were three 0 up because um, we've got Paulo Carlos Independiente del Valle on the TV, and then I switched back over because Alex Gomenero just yes. completely lost interest and we're just passing in the ball around the walking pace. So, but we will see if Osvaldo will just be in conditions to play. When round of sixteen is is is, is being played, uh, he said in in an interview last week, last week, uh, last, last Friday, <laughs> he has to 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 wait two more weeks to to, to be okay to yeah. at least to to start training normally because the the lack of football, of course, is is important too. So we we will see there if if he if Osvaldo is is fit and he can play with the team regularly, that will be another. Thing to yeah, say. definitely. Um, Arsenal fanatic who wrote in to us a week or two ago asking uh, whether he was right in supporting Arsenal de Sarandi uh, due to his English club allegiance, um, and we told him no. 
would like to ask, based on one of the things we said last week in reply to him, he says, how the actual fudge are Arsenal this Sarandi second? A couple of pods back, you mentioned they were relegation candidates. I feel betrayed. So I then explained to him that, uh, in fact, in Argentina, you can be second in the table and also be relegation candidates um, without too much difficulty. And he replied with a new, a better question might be how the intricacies of the Argentine League actually work. Um, for that one, I'm going to very politely uh, refer you to the about page of my own blog, which is Asta El Gold Siempre. There is a link to it on the about page of the Hannah Pod blog. Um, if you go there, there's, I think it's called about slash how the league works or something. And uh, some of it's out of date, but the bit that's still in date very much is the relegation system. Um, but basically they take points from the last three full years. I think at the moment it's three and a half years though, isn't it? Um, and any points that you've won in your current division over that time are divided by the number of matches you've played in that time, which is why Arsenal de Sarandi, in fact, their current good form means they're not relegation candidates for this season anymore. Um, but they are going to have big problems still next year because next year they're losing 48 points off their total um, and are going to be dropping way down the standings as far as I can see oh Jesus but since all the championships at the moment have got odd numbers of matches from one to the other it's a bit difficult to really tell yes um, but they are going to have problems next year for sure just trust us on that and the other thing is as well that if, if you uh, are too confused by the relegation system in Argentina if you're relatively new to Argentine football just ignore it until near the end of the season and then have a bit of blind faith in us here at Hand of Pod to be able to uh, tell you who is and isn't doing well and put Jack. your money on Sarmiento and Juan Inter go down that should be fairly safe well it's only going to be one of them isn't it so yeah so put your money on how, how many times is uh, people or what well, uh, a lot of well, uh, supporters asking for a, a, a tournament at least from the format or the, the way that it's going to be played similar to the European calendar well just from June that will happen As, as there will be a long tournament well there will still be only one yeah. home or away rather than home and away though Todo no so it's not similar it's not quite similar not Todo no se puede <laughs> but yeah the relegation system would be a very very easy one to sort out at least um, I could see the argument under the current if, if they go back next season to a similar thing to what we had last year with everybody playing everybody else once, home or away, plus the Clásicos being played twice. I could maybe see the argument for keeping the promedio over two seasons because then you've got home or home and away both ways and it becomes a little bit fairer maybe. But in the long term, it has to. the aim has to be to do away with the promedios and to get away with, uh, with this home or away nonsense and just play a 38 or 41 match season if you want, 42 match season, sorry, if you want to, with, with 22 teams in the top flight. Um, fingers crossed but we'll see it's a long way away still uh, La Liga Gav asks how good are Estudiantes looking of late can they be taken seriously as potential winners completely yeah but they're not going to because Lanús are going to win Zantu indeed uh, the championship is going to be decided by a final it's going to be the winners of zone uh, group one against the winners of group two um, and Estudiantes are currently three points adrift of Lanús in group two Um, so, I mean, it could still happen. Obviously, that there are still uh, four. Is there only four? Have, have they played each other? Five, six. There are still six. six matches, and they have not played. Each- oh, yes, they have played each other. Yeah, Roman Martinez scored, didn't they? I think 
let me just check that now quickly if the page loads loads yes it has uh, they played yeah, each other first game of the season in the first game of the season and uh, Lanús won 1-0 and the goal was scored by Roman Martínez Roman Martínez another lady del ex lady del ex I've got a very good memory well done babe. like our Martínez against Andalusia <laughs> yes that's the law it's of the X and Sunday is one of the X and Sunday against Martínez also Sunday against Banfield also lady del ex Yes, it's true. Oh yeah, and also Santiago Silva almost at one point, but didn't. But then Santiago Silva's lady Alexis gets enough, sure. Yeah, that's true. It's like Caruso Lombardi being the coach of another team will be always the lady Alexis. Yeah. Yes, because he's played <laughs> for everybody. Um, La Liga Gav also asks are Boca concentrating on the Copa instead of the. He says Liga, but Torneo is the Argentine Spanish word, just so that you can know. It's a bit yeah. of a weird oh, word they use. Uh, it's also very confusing because it's not Spanish for tournament, it's Spanish for championship, but there we go. Uh, they've looked poor at times, he says. Um, I think they're definitely concentrating on the Libertadores, yeah. as, well, are River, yeah. as are everybody who's sort of in the Copa Libertadores and mm-hmm. had a slightly slow start in the league, because uh, the league's already gone away from them now anyway. Um, but yeah, they are, and obviously the, the whole Arroba Arena business didn't help them out at the start of the year. Uh, Kitosh Keller says, what on earth can save Argentinos Juniors this season? I think possibly the aforementioned ridiculous relegation system. Might. Yeah, Sarmiento. Um, there are two, I think, two, uh, two teams to in the last position could be real. It's currently Argentinos and Sarmiento tied on 37 points from 40 matches each at the bottom of the table. So if it, <coughs> if it ended like that, they would have to play a one-off playoff between themselves to decide who goes down. Argentinos are only, running now. Tempele are only two points further up on 39 from 40 um, and this guy Rafaela could still be dragged into it as well so basically what's most likely to save Argentinos is that there are several other teams who are almost as bad or as bad as them um, but, but just to contrast since Dan mentioned that as I was talking Argentinos running with Sarmiento's running Argentinos running is away to Racing away to Vélez at home to Boca away to Union at home to Lanús and then away to Atletico de Rafaela Sarmiento's running is at home to Colón, away to Tigre, away to Banfield, at home to Patronato, at home to Tigre, and away to Olimpo. But Sarmiento's Clásico is Tigre. Yeah, well, they have to draw it out of the hat, don't they? Um, I would agree that Argentinos is slightly harder, but with both teams being as bad as both teams are... Well, Brony um, says if Tacheres uh, gets the promotion, there will be three three teams from Córdoba, but there is only one from Junín, so there is no... No real Clásico to Sarmiento. No, of course. But then the whole a Clásico around is also just a silly idea, really. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Next question is also from Kitosh Keller, who asks, is Javier Pinola really playing all that well this year? He seemed in sharp decline during his last year in Nuremberg. He's had two fantastic years with Central. Well, he's had a good start of the year, which is why he was in the Argentina squad recently. And then since the international break... We sort of had said already that Central's defence seems to have fallen off a bit, and he's obviously been part of that. I'm wondering whether it's a bit like Messi, who for some reason, has, since the international break, has looked a bit sluggish. Could be. For Barcelona Could be. as well. Takes it out of you. Lot of, well, Messi had to travel a little bit further than Pinola, yes, perhaps. But. Perhaps Barcelona's problem at the moment is that Lionel Messi just doesn't play for them like he does for Argentina. Or that they don't have Pinola. Possibly that as well. Yes, yeah. I, I read that the, oh, the goal 500 is not coming. You have mentioned that. Uh, he scored it in February. 
but the and the MSN, the Messi, Suarez, and Neymar uh, uh, trio of strikers uh, is one month or, or so that is not playing good mm. or well. Because well. they're feeling the pressure now. The um, yeah. the NBL with Melito Bowen and Lissandra has come up and. It's a lot to compete against. Sure, that should be MLB if we're going for catchy, snappy abbreviations that have already been taken by a better-known organisation. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Conor Gallagher asks, with Eric Lamela's transformation into a high-energy tackler and battler under Pochettino this year, should he be a starter in the Argentina midfield? Yes. I would like to see that. I don't anything know anything to get rid of the, the Machirano, Bilia, Banega axis of... Cranelita, Lamela, and where, where do you, Banega maybe would, would be a where would very you include nice him? dynamic combination, wouldn't it? Where would you include him, or, or, or who will he replace? Uh, Banega will be the one. I'd have, have Machirano in centre defence, Cranavita, Banega, and, and Lamela in the middle. There's a lot more movement to that, and a lot more creativity. And well, we can't have much less than they showed in these last two so you you, you take you get Pastore off well Pastore's not in to start with yes but, but for Martino he's I yeah think Pastore's been anonymous in yeah Pastore games. until he starts actually playing properly every week for a club you can't really well, but, take him into account uh, I think that if he were, were was informed to play he would have played against uh, Bolivia oh yeah uh, but he's not that's the thing yes. and I can't see him coming back into form at the moment because it just seems to be all over the place. And one more question left, which is from Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, and says, should River be starting Alonso more? Despite his age, he has been a shining light in their season so far. Andres? That's the crucial doubt. Uh, Because Alario, of course, had a, a poor match last night and... It's, looks like he has lost his uh, his uh, scoring power, but still he I I, I still don't, don't know if he he's uh, if, oh. if that's enough to put uh, because if you of course include Alonso that would mean uh, Alario to, to be out and not even that I mean how many games has Alario got without scoring two two or three he scored against in the league against uh, well strongest because. Yeah, the monumental. Of course he did, yeah. And he scored so far this season in the league. He scored against Banfield, Independiente, Quilmes, and Central. And the last of those matches that River played was against Banfield, which is so he's played two league games without scoring and one Libertadores game without scoring. Yes, I mean, he's not exactly fallen off a cliff, has he? And Alonso scored five goals since since he's at River three for Copa Libertadores and two in the league, I think. Ah uh, yeah, he has got two in the league. Yeah, you're quite right. Sorry, I didn't spot his name in there. I'm looking at the table of their top scorers so far in the league, and I haven't, I couldn't see him, but he is there. Um, yeah. Yes. No, I, I think it. I mean, the the other tricky thing is obviously that you know Alonso has not got any resale value at all, whereas Alario Dan's uh, high profile contacts have, have informed him that Liverpool's interest is is a made up story. Um, but no doubt Alario's going to be you know oh, attracting yeah, interest from, from Europe yeah, at some China point maybe, or, after yeah. the performances he's given for River recently and particularly you know if nothing else then the, the Liverpool link is going to mm. only help his visibility as well um, and by starting Alario more and, and by helping him to score a bit you've got some retail value there as well I would think so 
I was going to say yes and no. I wouldn't mind seeing maybe both of them up front at once. Alonso is a very, very nice sort of, and relatively mobile considering his age as well, sort of target man figure. And is, I like his movement. And Alario's got, um, oh, he's just got such a good nose for goal. <laughs> You said yeah, that with real love, Sam. I like that. I, 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 well, I, I, no, I mean, the, the thing is, because I'm a Manchester United fan, as, as long-term listeners know, and um, and I, I wrote a preview for Alario, um, on Alario, sorry, for, for the Mirror a couple of weeks ago, in which they asked me to, you know, sort of said, who does this guy remind you of? And uh, although it was a piece about a Liverpool link, um, he, he reminds me of Solskjaer, when I see him. Mm-hmm. He's got the intelligence and, and, and the... Um, the ability to read the game well, and he scores in big games, um, and that's that's what I like about him. Yes, I, I also you reined it in a bit. You didn't say Cantona or Van Nistelrooy. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll give you credit for that. I so. I, I, I <laughs> tweeted something when he scored the goal against Independiente. That of course saving distances, I looked him uh, quite similar, quite similar to Klose and Lewandowski. But of course, play. Playing a game. We're talking. I mean, I think we all realise we're talking here about style of play. Yes. Nobody's going to laugh at us for you know him. He's obviously not as good as Solskjaer or Lewandowski or, or Klose. Yes. Not, um, not good enough. Yeah, you laugh when I say before Dan starts. Yeah, you laugh when I say Gustavo was better than Ronaldo. He still hasn't uh, scored. Saying better than. Yeah. We're, we're saying in a similar vein. No, no, no. The difference between Lewandowski, the difference between Lewandowski and, and Alario is that Alario still hasn't scored three goals in. Five goals in 30 minutes mm-hmm. or so. Mm. Well, no, that's true. Yeah. yeah. He's got that still to cut. Pull your finger out, Lucas. He did score a hat trick against, uh, was it All Boys one time? Uh, but anyway. Sosia never scored a hat trick against All Boys. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, it was Mobi Chicago. Mobi Chicago. Um, anyway, those are all the questions that we've had. And now, the next music that you hear is. Next week, can we have. Well, I don't know about next week, but at least the next time on, can we have some questions about Racing, please? Oh, come on, you know, Brassing are probably the most exciting team in the whole league, if not the entire universe. And uh, no Racing questions. They're still going to get past Defensa Justicia for that particular one, I think. Nah, 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 we've passed them. The Straight next, past. The next music that you hear is Mystic Guest Persons theme music, and the predictions that you hear thereafter are coming. I'm having to remind myself of his name now. Are coming from Mystic Jose this month, so don't go away. week Mystic Mr. Numbers got 6 out of 15 we'll see how Mystic Jose does this week, he's going for Sarmiento versus Colón, draw Gimnasia to beat Godoy Cruz in La Plata interesting call, Lanús to beat Atletico de Rafaela in Lanús Atletico Tucumán to beat Defensa y Justicia in Tucumán Ooh, big call Newell's Old Boys versus Huracán, draw Boca versus Aldo Civi to be a Boca win. Union versus Tigre to be a draw. Racing versus Argentinos, a match which it's worth pointing out is very likely to be played. Well, if, sorry, if Bolivar get a result tonight, no way to Cali, is very likely to be played with an almost entirely second string Racing team. Um, he's going for a Racing win. It is also worth pointing out that Argentinos Juniors are unspeakably bad. Um, San Lorenzo versus Rosario Central, draw. 
San Martín de San Juan vs Estudiantes, San Martín win. Vélez Sarsfield to beat Independiente at home. Quilmes to beat Tempele away. Banfield to beat Patronato de, de Paraná away. Olimpo and River Plate to draw in Bahia Blanca. And Arsenal de Sarandí to get a home win over Belgrano. I like it, it's some gutsy cosa. I think Quilmes will, will uh, tie with Tempele. That's mm-hmm. the only. Why do you think that? Because of that, sta- that uh, thing of the of the salaries, uh, that we will see if they will concentrate or they will get together until the match is played. Uh, that usual thing they they make here of be together two or two days or one day before the match is played, and sometimes they don't do that in, uh, as a sign of complaint because of the salaries that aren't being paid. Another question Is Tempele vs Kilmes an actual classical? Because that is the intergroup match this weekend. No, Kilmes it's sort of both vaguely in the south of the city, but that's about it. No, they're both definitely in the south. I have no doubt they have a small rivalry. No no tradition. No, Kilmes is as more of a classical with Tigre, to be honest, even though they were on opposite sides of the the Conurbana. Or Los Andes could be Los Andes, yeah. Not far off, but I'm feeling I might have seen Tempele against. I know the three ways of Argentina and Kilmes. El Mate. I'm a feeling I might have seen Tempele against Los Andes mentioned as a classico in um, Alejandro Fabro's book, but I would have to look it up, and that's going to take too long now. Anyway, those are the predictions for this weekend. I would mention the Olympics. We're not mentioning the Olympics. Let's mention the Olympics very briefly. Argentina's um, Olympic group was drawn today. They have been drawn in a group alongside Portugal, Algeria, and Honduras. Mm-hmm. How much we can say about these opponents, we don't know because, well, we, we can't say anything because we don't really know anything at all about Portugal and Honduras or Port. Uh, but we or, think uh, Maris might Algeria's be playing for Under 23 teams. Maris, Riyad Maris might be yeah. a representative if Leicester, or indeed if he gets sold elsewhere, but if Leicester um, allow him to play. And I'm very much hoping yeah. to see Divala, Correa, and Vieto up front for, yes. uh, for Argentina. And if we can. Are they all under 23? Will so. one of them be an over 23 by this point? Is Vieta not like 24? No, Vieta's young. He was 17 in 2011. Good grief. So, 17 in 2011, so he would be 21 or 22 now. As we mentioned last week, we are expecting Ramiro Funes Mori to be the only player who plays in both the Copa America and the Olympics. So he'll be one because. of the overage players. And we'll have to wait and see who the others are. Uh, Andres, you were trying to talk? No, yes, that the... Apart from Mares from Algeria, Cristiano Ronaldo will for sure not play, or at least it's it is said that he won't play for Portugal as he will be playing the the Euro uh, in France, yes. being played nice. one month ago, one month before, and and that Real Madrid w- wouldn't uh, permit him to go apart from the Euro to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Well, we, will we will see indeed. Um, that is probably. In fact, no, it's definitely a lot because uh, uh, we now have to start, or rather me and my girlfriend have to start uh, preparing dinner. So thank you very much for listening. Um, As usual, everybody, we love you all. Uh, A reminder that we are sponsored by the highly prestigious Buenos Aires pub quiz, the finest source of English language trivia um, in the Conurbano, let's say. I might even go the whole hog and say in the whole of Argentina. Um, (laughs) 
it's part of the Capital Federal is part of the Conorvano. Nah. Conorvano is Capital Federal in the surrounding area, of course it is. Um, uh, the whole of Argentina, anyway. We'll, we'll controversial, controversial. No, it's definitely true. Um, we will we'll, we'll say that anyway. You can find um, details of that on buenosairespubquiz.com or go on Facebook and like us, facebook.com slash buenosairespubquiz. Uh, this has been the first Underpod sponsored by me. It's a delight to be the sponsor. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining me this week, gentlemen. Um, may you enjoy the Rosario Central match, which is kicking off in 45 minutes. And obviously, for the benefit of listeners, I will be back after the theme music to tell you what the score was. I know we missed another Menado goal after 10 Yes, we did. Yeah, it's 4 0 now to Atletico Menado, as if anybody cared, uh, with 18 minutes to go against Melgar. And still 0 0 between Colo Colo and Independiente del Valle. Anyway, for now, ladies and gents, it's thank you and good night from Andres. Thank you. From English Dan. Thank you and good night. And from me, goodbye. We're back with the final scores. Uh, Rosario Central have just beaten Nacional 2-0 in Montevideo after a very good performance, which means that uh, in Group 2, which is now finished, Central finished top and Nacional finished second. Um, in the other match, which we mentioned during the show, which affects Argentine clubs even though neither were um, involved, Deportivo Cali and Bolívar have just drawn 1-1 in Colombia, which means that next week Bolívar versus Racing um, becomes a fight to decide who else goes through from Group 3, along with Boca, who of course are already through. Racing will qualify unless they lose by two goals or more, any scoreline. Um, if Bolivar beat Racing by two or more, then they go through on goal difference or on goals scored, depending on uh, exactly how many they win by. And you might be thinking, well, Bolivar are rubbish. Racing are very good, as Dan said during the podcast. But just remember that match is being played in La Paz. So you never quite know how Racing's players are going to uh, respond to the altitude. Join us next week to find out. <laughs>